Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to A Few Things, where we give our greatest discoveries the podcast they deserve. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. This show is brought to you by Ofakind. Find out more and sign up for our newsletter at ofakind.com. And while you're there, order our new book, Work Wife. It's chock full of conversations with amazing business partners. And leave us a voicemail if you'd like to say something to us. <laughs> anything. <laughs> anything. 833-OFAKIND. 833-OFAKIND. Um, what's happening, Erica Cerullo? Oh my gosh. Um, what is happening? I went, um, I went home recently to Peoria, mm-hmm. Illinois and was reminded of one of my father's professional enthusiasms. Um, yeah, you told me <laughs> you, you, you showed up on Monday or whenever I saw you that day and you were like, yeah, my dad was drinking Sonic ice all weekend. Yeah. Using, and I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. So he, so he actually got himself a professional pellet ice enthusiast t-shirt. It doesn't <laughs> say Sonic ice from avakind.com. Um, but he is obsessed with Sonic ice, which is uh, which is otherwise known as pellet ice. Um, mm-hmm. It's like the little, it's, it's like Taco Bell also used to have this ice okay. when we were growing up. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like, kind it's not of. crushed, yeah. but it's like it's small, small pellets. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. they're like pebbles, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is his preferred, he drinks a lot of ice water. He drinks a lot of, he doesn't drink yeah. alcohol. So mm-hmm. he like, I think I think maybe that contributes to how okay. he feels so strongly like about ice. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, and I didn't understand when you, I was like, okay, so was he just going to Sonic Drive through all weekend and getting big cup? Like, was he no, asking ma'am. for big cups of ice? What? No, ma'am, because you can buy bags of this ice at the drive-through window because he is not alone in this. I had no idea. Affection. So apparently, this community is uh, so. Ra- I think it's like. I don't use Reddit, but I imagine that there are Reddit boards <laughs> okay, dedicated to I'm this. Sure. Like, I feel like that's the yes. kind of thing we're talking about mm-hmm. here, where there are people who are just really, really hardcore about it and mm-hmm. feel very strongly about this particular kind of ice. And, like, you know, ice in general, like mm-hmm. with the rise of like the, the, the types of cocktails we drink right, now, right. where it's like hand carved and mm-hmm. like polished and like whatever, like ice in general is definitely more of a thing. Yep. Um, and so I think having it like such love for a specific style of ice is more acceptable perhaps. <laughs> and so Sonic legit, he goes and he'll get a cherry limeade okay. and then he will order um, a so bag of, of Sonic Does he ice. get food? 
No, I don't think so. We I mean, didn't have Sonics where I lived growing up. So we I've, have one, and we, it's not a place we ever went to. It wasn't like in our neighborhood mm-hmm. or like near us. But he would go just for ice, and he keeps it like in the out at the outside freezer as though it's like this special like relish. You know this. Relish. My thing. only way of relating to this is that's now my fantasy to have an outside freezer because um, ever since starting to pump breast milk, I just don't have any freezer space. Um, so I would love that. Well, I think his aspiration might yeah. be if he knew that this was an option was to get a um, Sonic ice maker mm, at home. Mm-hmm. Because apparently that's something that like th- people who are su- Sonic Ice super fans do, including Matthew McConaughey. Of course. Um, which like is like not surprising, not surprising really. At all. But there was a Texas Monthly interview with him where he like served the, the reporter mm-hmm. a drink and he and he was like, do you like that ice? And the reporter's like, sure. Like it's <laughs> it's good ice. And he's like, dude, that's Sonic Ice. <laughs> and then he pointed to whatever device he has and said, that's the Manitowic QF400, the ice maker, man. <laughs> what in the world? But like, this it feels is like, very Matthew McConaughey. It feels incredibly is Matthew Sonic McConaughey. Is Sonic a Texas thing? Um, I think perhaps. Yeah. Um, I definitely think perhaps. Yeah. If I were Matthew McConaughey, I would buy something like that too. Yeah. I mean, I think. made me that happy. I think my understanding of the way he consumes things is similar to my understanding of the way that John Mayer consumes things, mm. which is just to go really like hard it, and I want deep. It. I, like, I like it. I want it. And I'm going to like it. learn all yeah. the things that there are to <laughs> right. learn about it. Go as deep as a person can and then buy the expensive thing at the end of this like road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what's not that expensive? What? These Xenia Taller bamboo plates oh that we have gosh. on Avakind. Claire, they're so cute. They're so adorable. They're they all these have, like sort of modern printed designs. Yes. And yeah. Um, and you can get them for 10% off with the code a few things. The large ones or the small ones. Very perfect for your summer outdoor dining Yeah, needs, please check the them way. out. Yeah. Yes. Should we bring on our guests? Let's do it. We are here with the founders of the Coolinistas, Jill Donenfeld and Tiana Tennant. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi there. Hi. Um, the Coolinistas is a full-service, in-home, private chef company. Um, they were a wonderful thing in my life after Cameron was born. Erica, for my baby shower, gave me the most incredible gift, which was two weeks of cooking from the Coolinistas. And someone came over, cooked in my home, then packaged it all up in Tupperware containers and like labeled it, left me with reheating instructions and put it in my fridge and I just can't imagine a better like baby oh gift. Oh my gosh. Really. Um, they also, just to speak to how wonderful this food is, they also hosted a work wife event mm-hmm. for us when the book came out and people were huddled around this food like they'd never eaten before. That's true. And a lot of being like, no, this is the best thing. Like the <laughs> shrimp are the best thing. And then, yeah. pe- then people like getting into it with each other be like, but have you tried that? Um, that's how excited people are about this. It's really, really, really good food. People talk about it for a long time to come. Also, when they cooked in my home, they liked that my label drawers. Wow. And complimented my labels. Wow. And the organization small, of really my kitchen. A small group of people who have been <laughs> praising your labels. Interesting. A small group of people who have praised them and not made fun of them. Yeah, totally. Wow. Um, so, you know, so. these compliments do not get old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Neither do my drawer labels. Um, how do you two ta- describe your business? How do you two talk about it? Because we've just given an awfully long <laughs> explainer. I like to say we do all in-home private chef services. So you can hit both of them. We have two core services, Mm -hmm. the weekly meal prep, which people use from week to week to just help get healthy meals on the table for their family. And then any type of hosting need, whether it's a dinner party or cocktail party, and you don't want to handle all of the cooking and shopping and clean up yourself, um, those are our two core services, and they're all done in the home. It really is a convergence of hospitality and tech. Yeah. 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 What's the tech component? 
let Tiana speak to that. Mm -hmm. So right now it's mostly on the back end. Mm -hmm. Um, We're trying to maintain as much high touch client experience as possible. Mm -hmm. Every service is super unique Mm -hmm. and every client is very different. Um, But the client service team who works with us and services our clients needs to have proper tools in place to scale the business. So a lot of visit on the back end Mm -hmm. um, to help our client service team and then also for our chefs. So our chefs are um, armed with an itemized grocery list so they can you know, accept a service and jump to Whole Foods and shop efficiently and then all of the recipes so they don't have to spend unnecessary hours creating and developing unique uh, recipes for each of their clients. And we really went about the tech um, thinking about it from the viewpoint of how can we make this personalized experience even better, Mm -hmm. not taking away the personality of it and the hospitality aspect. But But just like streamlining and making things more efficient. Things that are not... Um, touch points. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, so how did you guys start this business? Why did you want to start this business? How did you start working together? Well, we came together two years ago now. Um, prior to meeting Tiana, I had been doing private chef services first myself mm-hmm. yeah. as the chef and then transitioning into hiring other chefs to service my clients and then, you know, many more clients. And how long had you been doing that? I was doing that for a decade. Wow. Yes. 2006 is when it sort of became a business for me. Okay. Um, but I was very focused on the product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in fact, I, I don't think I would even differentiate a product versus a business. I yeah. sort of just right. thought of them as the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and that allowed, you know, a decade of nice sort of product market fit and, yeah. and really, you honing. really learned what worked and what didn't yeah, work exactly. in that way. Yeah, exactly. But I, I had no, um, interest in figuring out how to operationalize something yeah. um, and make it bigger than than it was. Um, and I was really looking for an out. And then, of course, as these things go, you know, the moment you've decided to walk in one direction, mm-hmm. you get completely turned around. Um, and I was at a marketing dinner um, and s- started speaking to someone afterwards who said, you should really meet my friend Tiana. Um, and when we met, it was really instantaneous. Um understanding how she she so deeply understood what the service was mm-hmm. and what the service needed to be but thinking about it from a, a systematic and operational mindset without taking anything away yeah. where what had you been doing at the time such a different uh career path we share a passion and love <laughs> for food so that was um the common thread from the start mm-hmm. I grew up in an Italian family, so very food-focused and always was in the kitchen, always cooking for family, even in college. Um, I went to Georgetown and I was in the undergrad business school, so all of my summers there were actually spent in the food industry. I cooked in a Tuscan kitchen. I worked for Giada De Laurentiis. I mm. spent a summer at Food Network Mag. So I had this passion of food, trying to mix it with business, yeah. and then ended up in finance, um, <laughs> as most undergrad Georgetown business schools uh, students do, and spent five years um, as an investor in the private bank at J.P. Morgan. So um, was in the financial world for a bit, and then finally, when it came time to really think about my future career in finance, I was like, I got to enroll in a in a summer weekend course at NYU. Um, and so I started that, and that's when, as soon as I started that, as these things go. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I was telling friends about it, and the woman who Jill was sitting next to at this marketing dinner um, was a good friend of mine. She's like, you need to meet Jill. I think you can do something really fun together. Um, okay, so when you guys told me about your meet cute before, it feels like this like whirlwind romance. I want to hear about like what, how did you connect? How, like what, what about because you didn't know each other before, right? Mm-hmm. You like met, and then very soon you were business partners. It was a whirlwind romance. <laughs> nice. That is so accurate. So accurate. I think that we were both in a phase in our lives when we um, wanted to do something that needed a counterpart. Yeah, and so it was very easy for us to recognize that in each other and to kind of ride that, um, ride that pretty far. But we always talk about that sort of out of character for both of us to jump into something so quickly. Totally. I dated my husband for eight years before we got married and I married Jill after our first date. So (laughs) he's very bitter about it. You know, and I I just liked so much that here was someone who totally got what I was doing and like had all these different ideas and was mm-hmm. so motivated to do them. Yeah. I just thought how cool that mm-hmm. that someone, you know, sees a different color. Yeah. So looking I at think the it same was thing. obvious though because we had the same when we connected, we had the same vision and we shared the same values and belief in the business, but we had completely different skill sets. Yeah. And all I cared about was partnering with somebody who was just an expert and amazing at what they were good at. And I could complement their skill sets with things that I was really good at. And that was so obvious. The only real traits we share is a passion for tennis, food, and tequila. (laughs) (laughs) How did you know you had the same values? I think when you hear people talk about um, why they want to do something, that can be pretty telling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think when there's a shared trust, um, that's a unique feeling mm-hmm. to kind of line up so, um, so directly and so quickly. It takes a tremendous amount of immediate, inherent, intrinsic trust that doesn't usually line up unless there is a resonance of values sort of floating around from, you know, deep within. Yeah. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I think it's also behavioral. When Jill and I met, I was working full-time at J.P. Morgan, so in at 6, home at midnight type hours, just those real banking hours. And so we were spending our weekends Mm -hmm. and late nights working on the business together, trying to think of the real thesis and investment pitch for it. And Jill was – loving Malibu at the time and she just wasn't going anymore and spending more and more time in the city on our Saturdays and Sundays just sitting at Soho House planning Um, and it was just it wasn't really talked about it was just we just wanted to keep working on it and figuring it out and that was really telling that we were in it um, together. You were both so we were committed. Gonna make it work. Yeah. yeah. We were really yeah. committed. It wasn't a it wasn't a you know just a, a conversational pact. It right. was just immediate action and like showing up just really showing up and giving up other things that did matter to you Mm -hmm. so what is the like what was the first step what was what would you describe as the big difference between when you were just doing private chef uh disbursement on your own (laughs) versus the coolinistas a lot is different a lot is different the the core thesis of what we do Mm -hmm. is the same so we do you know fridge stocking and hosting in the home um, that's really the same. Um, and who the chefs are is really the same. 
But how we think about that um, is very different. Something that I never had the capacity to do was utilize my own recipes um, Mm -hmm. for these cooking visits for the chefs. Mm -hmm. Even though I am a chef and I was writing cookbooks all along, there was no way for me to um, organize this dissemination of menus, recipes, grocery lists, that sort of a thing. Um, When you have someone who's very operationally talented, you know, that's the first thing that Tiana thought of was yeah. why why we need to have a culinary product mm-hmm. and yeah, we have yeah, someone yeah. here yeah. who can do that. Um, well, and then the dishes become part of your brand. Exactly. And Definitely. Not, yeah. my, my first thought when we, when we started talking about scale was how could a client in New York, L.A., Dallas, San Francisco, Miami open up their fridge and have the same Mm-hmm. aha moment and experience and know that a colonista was cooking for them. Right. It couldn't just be a marketplace where we're matching clients and chefs yeah. and letting them, you know, figure out what the end product was going to be. Still, but of course, keeping that personalization and that hospitality experience at the forefront. But how could we come up with this um, real, like, streamlined standard product? And that was to bring recipe development in-house, which was very exciting to do. Well, and the way that we've done it You know, it's not a, okay, we need to scale um, and have it be the same, but also, you know, keep the hospitality. They're they're not, um, they don't compete actually Mm -hmm. at all. The way that we have thought about recipe development is such that we really take into consideration exactly who that specific chef is and Mm -hmm. what their culinary lineage is and how that will, um, you know, resonate with this specific client in their specific kitchen. Yeah. And we take those things into consideration so that it's the aha, oh my God, this fridge full of food um, is amazing moment. That's the same. But exactly what every client is getting is really specified to each person. Mm-hmm. And what what makes something Colonista's uh, recipe? Like what, what makes it right for you guys? Well, we're pretty veg forward. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we have... Everything on every menu, um, you know, we have we have dairy, we have meat, we have gluten, uh, we have all the all of the things that that many people have aversions to now. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, we have those options. We have them, um, but the way that we have them um, really does promote a more uh, vegetable heavy diet. Yeah. Um, we're pretty Mediterranean in how we think about flavor, mm-hmm. um, but we do experiment with um, spices and and citrus. The menus are balanced. The dishes are balanced. They're transparent. Mm-hmm. They're not packed with every ingredient under the sun, yeah. and you know what you're eating when you open up the dish. Mm-hmm. Um, we really try to keep those ingredient items low so that you can really taste and experience each unique ingredient within. Um and we're also very client driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we really listen to our clients um and and get feedback from them about what they like. Um and we will iterate off of there. Well, and it's all also stuff that has to keep, right? Because mm-hmm. you guys are stocking the fridge for ostensibly like the week, right? Definitely. So it's something that gets made on Monday yeah. has to be good on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. like to say our our dishes age well. Yes. Yeah. So with each day, <laughs> they just get better and better. There's exceptions. Yeah. I mean, we try to guide our clients towards eating something like a salmon or mm-hmm. a, 
whiter flaky fish earlier in the week and saving the steak and chicken for later in the week. Um, But generally the salads really do age well. Mm -hmm. When you have something that is meant to be eaten over a few days, it's it's a great opportunity to use like collards and chard mm-hmm. and kale and these hearty, these really, really things. hearty, yeah. nutrient dense mm-hmm. things that like the power green salad with collards and kohlrabi is going to be better a few days later. Um, and sometimes those ingredients are the ones that are the most nutrient dense. As yeah, well. yeah, yeah. So, what are some signature colonistas dishes? We served one um, two days ago at a launch event for Jet Black. It is a jameli with summer squash. What's jameli? It's the twin pasta. Oh. It's the two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's like longer. Yeah. It's, I love it so much. It was one of the first 10 recipes we've ever we ever developed. Um, and what I love about it is it's guilt-free. And I think that's also a common theme. Mm-hmm. Because we're so veg-forward, you can eat a pasta dish and mm-hmm. feel like it's really healthy and fresh and clean. And you're getting... It's so balanced. You're so satisfied because you have the carb in there, but you also have this beautiful summer squash. It's one of my favorites, and I hadn't had it since last summer. I was so excited. <laughs> it's so good. So summery. Char forward, acid forward. Um, it's the it's the Jamelli pasta with green beans and really charred deep summer squash. Sounds delicious. Um, with citrus and basil. So good. That sounds really I'm obsessed good. with the turkey meatballs that you guys do. You're not the only one. They're so good. <laughs> and um, I don't know if she was supposed to, but if somebody from your team sent me the recipe, which I felt like I got we'll like a secret. I felt like I, I got like, she was supposed to. I felt like I was like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm getting supposed fired to have this. <laughs> it is but, definitely um, an insider thing. Yeah. Okay, good. Just, that was the right thing to say. Make me feel like an insider. Um, <laughs> the wonderful th- thing about it is like, it's something that my husband and I will make on like a Friday night because it's labor intensive. And the thing, the thing that I love about it, besides it being delicious is I'm like, I get why they sent me this because it's kind of annoying it's hard to enough make that you want to bring somebody in to make it for you exactly <laughs> yeah. i'm like i will make it but chopping up apricots dried apricots is not really I worth know, it to so me sticky. they're so <laughs> sticky it's such a good recipe though with a carrot sauce you guys are good at a carrot sauce that happened at our uh, like a carrot dipping yeah. sauce happened at our event yes oh, there were a lot yeah. of questions about what that yeah. was at that's the event very of free that's, that was yeah, also the shock and surprise cashews. yeah so, yeah so you know the other thing you should order yeah is we have a roasted carrot bread which is so carrot bread yeah. Roasted wow. carrot bread. So we, we roast the carrots before we <gasps> bake them into the bread. Yum. And then it has like this swirl on top oh of pure carrot. That'll be a good one for you. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about the how you guys approach the, um, event hosting and dinner party hosting. Because I after you guys came and we hosted it at, at my place, I felt like more confident as a host. Just because you wow, guys had shown me how to use how to like host basically and use the space effectively and like what sort of foods worked and where to put them and all of that stuff. And I, you know, I like, I, I feel like I'm a more nervous host than most people. I always want to be so perfect. We're both fairly nervous hosts. I think maybe our (laughs) listeners are nervous hosts too. I think we might attract that audience. I really want to be like a laid back, like everybody come over whenever, but I'm not. And you guys, (laughs) I think got me one step closer to that. That really, thank you. That's like such a huge compliment. Well, it's true. I think part of it is that you know, because we're not a catering company, yeah. we have no interest in coming into your home with dish racks right. yeah. you know, of plates and serving plotters mm-hmm. um, and glassware. We really mm-hmm. want to come into your space and utilize what you have. The whole point of the exercise is to create hearth in the home. Mm-hmm. And 
Of course. I mean, you have such beautiful stuff. We came and we did a little I site have a visit. drawer labeled cute bowls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how responsibly, how could I not want to use those things? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the imperfections yeah. are the best part. Right. And I think that's key is mm-hmm. not feeling like there are occasions where you want everything to match and you yeah. kind of throw this banquet. I mean, that's mm-hmm. wedding. That's right. like yeah. those events exist and um, you want them to be perfect. But it's about heart and it's about gathering with your friends. At mm-hmm. the end of the day, no one's going to notice if your bowls are different. If mm-hmm. anything, that's really like in and cute. Charming. And, yeah. yeah. Everyone yeah. loves that. And it's all about just enjoying your time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the first step yeah. is realizing that imperfection is really appreciated and it's supposed to be that way. Yeah. That the point is to connect. Yeah. yeah. Not to judge someone on and, and then there's and then there's tricks. Um, yeah, yeah that's what I wanted to ask. I was like, what are the what are uh, the all tricks? this hard stuff yeah. is awfully nice, but tell us <laughs> yeah. how to make it work. <laughs> so I think you have to prep ahead. Like you mm-hmm. have to think about it a little bit. Yeah, not, mm-hmm. not in a perfectionist way, but in a okay, how can I get as much done mm-hmm. before my guests arrive so I feel really comfortable? So that you can actually participate yeah. in the thing because otherwise you're like stuck in the kitchen being like, oh, I had all my friends over and now I'm like yeah. cooking. And I'm retired and doing yeah. the dishes. How did yeah. that happen? Right. Right. Night flew by. Yeah. And whether you have a chef helping you out or you're doing it yourself, a chef's going to prep ahead and you're yeah. going to prep ahead. Yeah. So yeah. just really think of things, think about the menu and what can you do ahead of time. Mm-hmm. You can make that roasted carrot dip the day before right and just um, have it in the fridge yeah and cut up all the crudite and put a you know a wet towel over it and mm-hmm. it will stay good to the next day so prep things ahead don't do it all in one day don't do it right before your guests arrive mm-hmm. the and then think of um things that are really good room temp so mm-hmm. you're not you know over the stove or oven the entire time there are most of our dishes there are very few that actually need to be served warm mm-hmm. so room temp dishes are great yeah and the other thing i'll say that we um you know, sort of push is really utilizing different areas of your house. Yes. Huh. Like what you said that, yeah. oh, I didn't realize I could put something here. Yeah. I sort of understood how to utilize the space. You are the master of ceremonies for the <laughs> evening. It's your home. You know it better than anyone else. All that they're waiting for is an invitation to come sit in the living room or to come hang out in the kitchen well, and, and if there's no the... if there's no food in the living room, they're not going to the That's living right. room. Right, exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's really nice to start off the night in one location, yeah. whether mm-hmm. that's the living room or hanging out, of, yeah. you know, in, at the island in the kitchen, um, move everyone to the table. Maybe be thoughtful about seating people next to each other. Yeah. If you're having a small enough occasion, that is really a nice thing to do. You know your friends better than they know each other. Yeah, and then we always suggest for dessert to move it elsewhere mm. so that there's an opportunity to kind of mix it up again. That's and feel like talk to different people yeah, and yeah. Yeah. speak to Ooh, the party. That's smart. Yeah, yeah that's, that's really smart. smart. Yeah. I. I don't enjoy going to dinners where um you know you're really stuck in you're your like seat trapped at a table yeah. Yeah. yeah and even if you love who you're chatting yeah. with it honestly um, feels a little rude that you haven't gotten to speak to right, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah 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 totally yeah, absolutely um we, we also you had an amazing event at your office you do a series of sort of uh, women entrepreneur focused events and you did one at your office and we both left being like man that was just so well orchestrated yes. like in addition to the food being wonderful you had such a good flow and got people to engage in such a meaningful way well something else that we share yeah mm-hmm. although the tennis and the tequila are, is, are more key, yeah. <laughs> yeah is that we both really are in pursuit of knowledge and education yes mm-hmm. yes and it's yes. how we approach everything you're super inquisitive people yeah and so for us really getting into the thick of this version of, of growing and running and, you know, building a business 
we thought we've got to surround ourselves with people at various stages of this and ask them really specific questions. Mm. Yeah. And you did. And that was kind of what made the dinner so wonderful is it was structured around really specific questions. And not hokey. No. No. Like, I don't think it's not like, what's your inspiration? Like, type of stuff. It was like, what do you, like, what what marketing tools do you use that have made a really big difference in your business? What do you think about promo codes? Yeah. 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 How do they work? (laughs) Yeah. Because we go to so many dinners where you're just chatting, and it's great. I love going to cocktail events and chatting and catching up on life. But then sometimes you really want to leave a dinner knowing something. Yeah. Yeah. It's literally like, who's your accountant? I mean, we went through so many accountants before we found a great one, and we found it through you know, one of these dinners. So yeah. mm-hmm. um, I think that stuff is, it's been great for us. And it yeah, makes, you're going to get to know people regardless of whether you're talking about, you know, what happened last week in the city yeah. or a specific business question. Right. You're just seeing how their brains work in different ways. Yeah. yeah. You So how, when you think about a dinner like that, where it is less just pure socializing, how do you think about structuring it and making it feel natural? Well, we ask everyone up front before the dinner. Yeah if they have any questions so that we can kind of socialize it and yeah. everyone feels like they're part of the mix. Yeah, they're part of it. Exactly. And people really respond to those emails and they have very specific things. Sometimes if they're too, too specific to like a specific business and yeah. we look at who's attending yeah. and it doesn't fit, well, you know, we're not going to bring it up, but they might. Um, but everyone has real thoughtful questions and they really need answers. They don't know it. Yeah. And I think as we've been, doing these dinners with mostly founders, if they really need the answer and they don't know who to get it from. So I think it's been a really good opportunity to get, you know, great women or men together and, and just like ask. Well, it also just encourages vulnerability in a really specific way because you're coming to the table with something you don't know instead of talking about how well your business is doing or like having to put on that like front that I think a lot of people feel like they have to do. And that as founders, we, we have to do it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, so this killing is, it totally. Yeah, this doesn't need yeah. to be that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys so much for coming. This we loved having you. You both are just so yeah. wonderful, and we love your business so much. We really do. That's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are found, like Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. And hey, leave us a review. Follow us at of a kind on Instagram and Twitter and like our Facebook page. If you have ideas or requests for the show, email them to a few things at ofakind.com. To advertise on our podcast, that's advertising at ofakind.com. Our intro music is Butterfield East, is performed and written by the Soulful Saints. 